0: Well, hello to you folk at uh, the Tabernacle Church down there in Lansing. Greetings from Christchurch Harpenden. My name is Gareth. I work alongside Barnaby here in this church. And I'm delighted for you that you've secured my precious brother as your new minister. It's going to be great for you. It's going to be very hard for us. I often passed through Lansing 40 years ago when I joined the staff of UCCF. uh, travelling along the south coast, visiting colleges and universities there. Uh, I can see now, as I went along the A27, on the left there, the, uh, uh, the chapel, I think, of Lansing College, uh, that tall, thin building. But I've not yet had the privilege of seeing uh, the tabernacle. Um, so I understand from Barnaby that you folk, and at least the elders, Roland, Richard, Dave and John, sounds like a 1960s pop group to me i asked me to preach. You are so very kind. And so as we uh, gather together, let's pick up our Bibles. Let's open our Bibles to the, the reading that was read just a few moments ago from uh, chapter five of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, we're looking at what it means to be a Christian and therefore Christian influence. With our Bibles in our hands, let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. The law of the Lord is perfect, making wise the simple. And Father, we confess this morning or today, wherever we are hearing this sermon, that we are just like that, Father. We are very simple people. And Father, we want to leave our simple ways and find wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. So may we seek your face today. May your words be our guide. Holy Spirit be our teacher. May your greater glory be our chief concern. Amen. Some years ago in the United States of America, uh, there was a story told in a magazine there, from the middle, I think, of the last century there, from Kansas. And the story was illustrated by some graphic photographs. The first photograph was of the wheat field, vast and enormous. The second photograph was a woman, a mother, sitting outside her farmhouse, which was found in the middle of this enormous field. And the story is told of the, in the uh, article there of the little boy at the house... was just four years of age had wandered out of the house and into the wheat field when she was not looking. The boy of course at four was quite small of course, the wheat in Kansas at that time very tall. He lost his way and his mother and his his father looked all day for him in vain. The third picture was of dozens of friends and neighbours who joined hands together in the next morning and walked through the wheat field, looking for the boy. The fourth picture is hard to look at. It's of a heartbroken father, clutching the lifeless body of the little boy who had been found too late and had died of exposure. The caption above the article was this, a quote really from somebody at that time who said this, Oh God, if only we had joined hands sooner. Now, Christians are living at odds with the world. You've only got to look at the Sermon on the Mount to understand this. By the world, I don't mean, the passage does not mean what we're living on or the earth of verse 13 of our our reading today. Rather, it's the values and the system of the world, which is organized, of course, without any reference to God whatsoever. The world's on its own, it's doing its own thing, it's making its own rules. And Christians are called not to sing to the tune of the world. We march, if you like, to a different drumbeat, the way of God in this world of ours. So we live in a topsy-turvy way to what the world says. As we think of the world, do we not sometimes think that as the world bellows out its message that we feel rather overwhelmed? We can go into survival modes. we uh, It's hard, isn't it, to keep our heads above water at the office, down our road, in the school we go to, in our community. Now we feel we're making very little progress. Life is tough, even in lovely Lansing. And making opportunities for the gospel, why, we find that even harder. Now Jesus transforms our thinking, makes us think. He speaks to his peasant followers in the passage and his present followers today you and me it reminds them quite simply about their influence you are the salt of the world you're the light of the earth joining hands together in a common purpose now can one person make a difference well the answer of course is yes let's ask Mercedes about Lewis Hamilton Let's talk to the Tottenham manager about uh, Harry Kane. What about the believer who has real faith, saving faith, Bible faith? If only we would join hands with one another and, of course, listen and obey, we can indeed become increasingly together and understand that you are the salt of the earth and that our light is to shine in our world. Isn't it funny? Uh, those words of Jesus have come into common usage. Uh, light of the world, salt of the earth. And the concern is, uh, is about the two things that they are, of course. Pliny says there's nothing more important than salt and light. Or in the Latin, sale and sole. You know, salt and the sun. Look at them for a moment with me. Salt, well, it's a condiment, it's a preservative, before refrigeration, of course. It was the only way to keep meat wholesome. Is not salt vital? Have you heard of biltong? Any South Africans listening this today? Uh, uh, biltong, of course, is very common in South Africa. It's uh, dry, chewy, cured meats. It keeps, for ages, it's a common snack in South Africa. It's as common as a bowl of crisps over here. Salt has an impact. What about light? We are surrounded by lights today. There's something called light pollution. Everything is constantly lit up. I heard a radio phone-in programme recently of how a, a woman complained that uh, the lights, the new LED lights the council had put in down her road meant it was constantly uh, like daytime, wherever you were. A far cry from the days when I was growing up I uh, grew up um, when in the 1960s, I'm 66 years of age. I remember the streets dimly lit by Victorian gas lamps. I vividly remember why do I remember this from over 60 years ago coming out of the railway station in merthyr didville and uh, being taken home quite late in the evening ready for my bed by my mother who had it dragged me along by my hand. I remember staring up, looking at the stars in the sky and that pitch, Black evening. In Jesus' day, it was even more dark. Think, therefore, of how the glowing lights of a city would welcome a traveler. Or uh, when you entered a home, there was a candle or a lamp that would transform the darkness into lights. Is not light important? Try staying in someone's house that you're not familiar with and try finding the toilets in the middle of the night without putting the light on. It's that you stumble around in the darkness. So why does Jesus use these metaphors? Well, Jesus demonstrates very clearly that the church and the world are very distinct communities. And that Christians can influence. Now, do you believe what Jesus says about your little town, your little church? In the midst of this difficult times, can we influence? Jesus says we can. So if you look at the passage, on the one hand, there's the earth and then there's you. Who are the earth's salt? On the other hand, there's the, the world and then there's you. Who is this world's light? Let's not blur the distinction. So let me make three points uh, today from our passage. First of all, this, there's a fundamental difference between the Christian and the non-Christian, between the church and the world. Uh, Some years ago, um, a church member at our church uh, was sent abroad, and uh, he had to give up his Watford season tickets to to us. Um, uh, Watford, as a football team, it's rather like Brighton and Hove Albion, but not so good. Um, Anyway, we went along and enjoyed it for a few months at the end of the season there. Then we went to the last match of the season with the expectation an understanding, which I did not know about, that everybody was to wear home colours. Only when I got there did I realise that all around me were people in brilliant yellow. And uh, I was there in my grey and not very clean shirt. Even the three tiny children that had been brought by the people we used to sit next to were there looking resplendent and singing like canaries. I'm Watford till I die. I sat there listening to the songs, not really knowing the words, in my grey jumper, and I felt different. You see, I I was different. We are different, or perhaps better put we are distinct from our world. What does the world think of itself? As we listen to the way of the world, it promotes itself, we relish. We can see it so very often. I can't help being a child of the 60s, so I remember some of the pop songs from the 1960s. Remember the Beacon song, We Can Work It Out? Or when they said to each other in one song, all you need is love, and then they sued each other. According to the world, though, according to Jesus, the world has no salt. The world on its own is bland and useless and tasteless, decaying, going bad. In our world, there's a process of social decay. We see it all around. But how does the world see itself? Well, enlightened, moving on, all grown up, all wise and in control. But according to Jesus, the world is without light. It's in darkness, insipid and deteriorating. People are staggering around blindly. That's what Jesus thinks. Life without reference to God is unlivable. The worst successes, of course, we see on the news. There's plenty to be seen all around. Our world is wrong. It's going the wrong way. And therefore, we affirm today the words of Jesus. and We believe his words and say without any ego, we are the salt. And we are the light of the world. And We come through his good grace to be refined and illuminated. That's what God has done for you and me today. And his holy influence is to be worked out through us. That's what our world needs, holy influence. Now, I wonder if we really believe that. Are we any different? There was a godly minister in Scotland who died when he was 29 years of age. His name was Robert Murray McShane. It was said of him that his face carried such a hallowed expression that people were known to fall on their knees and accept Jesus Christ saviour when they looked at him. People were attracted by his self-giving beauty and the holiness of his life and people found his master irresistible. We are so different. Secondly, salt and light is something that has to be brought into our world. They're not inherent within our world but something that God brings to the world. That means that we are not called out of the world, but in to be in the world and not of the world. When you read books or see documentaries about certain communities like the Amish, (coughs) I find them rather attractive. I think down your way, I think at Robertsbridge in East Sussex um, is a quiet and self-contained community called the Bruderhof. You may have heard of them. They largely lived out in simplicity and security, without the influence of the world, The door to the world is firmly closed. It's a a Christian community, but it's, it's closed. Now, when we read what Jesus says here in our passage, it challenges that notion, surely. You, says the text, it's emphatic, written as it would say, you and you only are the salt of the earth. You and you only are the light of the world. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, we're not a failed world, a world that we call to serve. We're not to become a ghetto where we are by implicate. We are. What we are is an implication, what we are to be. John Stott uh, speaks about sometimes how we can be rabbit hole Christians, scurrying from meeting to meeting. Only knowing Christians, drinking coffee with Christians. Out and about, we long to meet with other Christians. We have no non-Christian friends. I remember this came home to me with a great force when I was at university. Uh, I remember that uh, a girl I was dating, who is now my wife, had many non-Christian friends from her course. And she took them along to the mission that was held there, uh, led by somebody called David Watson. I remember I had no friends to bring So all I could do was to drive the bus to take people to the meetings. See, Jesus has a question for us. Uh, What about our world? Jesus calls us uh, about our world and implies the rottenness of our earth, a tendency to pollution, to become foul and offensive. Our world has fallen and is sinful and bad. The lights have gone out. And to that world, we need to draw close to spread the light of the gospel. So many things dominate our thinking at this time. The government is under siege. The pandemic is rearing its head even more and more. There are wicked men and women on our streets. Day after day, we read of court cases where terrible crimes are reported. There's radicalism. There's racism. It's an ugly thing. We can shake our heads. We can remain silent. We can gossip. Self-righteously, we can blame others. Or we can be solved at light. Individually, we can have an impact. Be that antiseptic, that preserving, being that check and that control. Helping illuminate people. People who are longing to find a way to make sense of life. That makes it livable and true. And what of the Church of Jesus Christ? In times past the Church did impact the world, society reaped the benefits. Just over a hundred years ago in Wales, there was a revival that saw whole communities transformed. I love the story that's recorded by somebody called uh, Beth Lloyd-Jones, wife of Martin Lloyd-Jones, her memories of that time there. She's told the story of a little boy who went into school on a Monday morning and said to his teacher, oh miss, oh miss, we had a dinner yesterday. We had a dinner, we had meats, and we had potatoes and gravy and rice pudding. Dad was converted on Thursday. You see the hard drinking, hard spending, hard fighting man, the miner, being transformed by the gospel and now gave his money back to the family not, not on a drink. It's a wonderful thing the gospel can have upon people's lives. Sadly, today, the church seems to rape the world. It sanctions the assault on the family and human sexuality. The church applauds unbelief and relativism. The church has lost its love for the world and seeks not to change society, but to condone its moral slide. Hence, we have a warning from Jesus. See, salt is a very stable compound, it's resistant from every attack. The problem, though, with that salt is this it can become contaminated not only losing its qualities, but becoming useless. We have been clear out some cupboards of mother-in-law, who's 94. We found some things there which go back way back when. We found two bottles of salt, one which was hard and damp and useless. Uh, it was so bad we had to chuck it out. The other one we're going to use um, in the winter, when we have to put it down under the, the ice and the snow as road dust. Jesus says in another place about salt. Have salt in yourselves. It's quality. It's stability. And having that character seen within, the the, within Beatitudes, uh, which precede this little passage there. Retaining a Christite in both words and deeds. The reality is this. When the world sees the difference, though they may hate it at first, they are invariably attracted and we we'll listen to the message. So Christians are to be different. Secondly, we have to be we have to be, to bring salt and light into the world. Lastly, and finally, we are to make an impact. Later on in his ministry, Jesus would say this: that he was the light of the world, but we too are to shine with the light of Christ. Paul says, I think it's in Philippians, we are to shine like stars. And how many stars there are, and how brilliantly they shine. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if non-Christians looked at your life and my life and said this? Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. There are things we must do in our world to make an impact. To stand for what's right and true, to humbly pray and protest against what is evil to go into the world and do good. And the primary task of the believer, of course, is to bring the gospel to people. When I used to travel along the south coast of England, uh, I remember a book that I often used to pass on to students. was a wow little book called Out of the Salt Checker by Rebecca Manley-Pepper. Perhaps you can remember that book there. Uh, Yes, salt is a preservative, of course, but the message... Is to ring out from our lips and our lives, to add savour to life, to bring an edge. Rebecca Manley has rewritten book, I think last year there, it's now called Stay Salt. Uh, it says this, the world has changed, but our message must not. We are not to keep that message of the gospel in ecclesiastical, ornate salt cellars. The message is to spread far and wide. We are to burn to mix the metaphor with a holy brightness. My father told me a story from the war. As a teenager he worked there as an apprentice engineer. In the, the days of the Blitz he told me how bombers would fly over uh, his town Merthyrtonville uh, on their way back and forth from Cardiff to Swansea uh, etc to fly to bomb the docks there. But Merthyrtonville was of course significant for its industry and it's coal mines. One night, a large factory was consumed by a fire. And the whole of the town was illuminated by the fire. People made for the hills. The town of Murtha was lit up by the fire. That, light for- that night, fortunately, no bombers came over just as well because the town was unmistakable. Like, we had to be unmistakable. We don't cover up lights in our homes, do we, really, with an old bowl? It's incomprehensible. So it is with our lives and our church down there in Lansing, here in Harpenden, to shine unmistakably. Otherwise, people will be confused by our lives and our testimony. Light in the Bible is often allied with the truth. So our light giving is the truth ringing from our lips. Salt and light, you see, have two things in common. They give and they expend of each other. Yes, there must be an action and a serving, but there must also be the gospel in evangelism, hand in hand together in our world. The call is therefore to be courageous, to be out there. The world needs both. The world is bad and needs salt. It's dark and it needs light. Being that to be seen by others then will seek God and be brought in praise and thanks to God, that he will become their father as well as ours. May the Lord bless you. Amen.